Hey, you're listening to Chew On That. Here's what we're chewing on today. As we're in this series, Postcards from Heaven, I think we could do the same thing with these small books of the Bible. I mean, they're small, they're one chapter, they're probably, you probably get through them in five minutes or so. So I think it's easy for us to just read them and check them off the list. Even like Pastor said, it could be one of the first books that you read to just get done. And I'm going to be honest, in my over 20 years of being a Jesus person, I never really dived into 3 John like I did for this message. So I'm glad I took our pastor's advice and I read beyond the surface level. So I'm excited to introduce a message I'm calling a postcard to a great friend. Hey, hi, I'm Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay, and you're joining us for the Chew on That podcast, where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series happening at Life Church. And in this case, it's postcards from heaven and our friend, Pastor Dallas, uh, talking on community. And so I love that. And I love even more the fact that today I'm joined by my very good friend, Abby, say hi, Abby. Hi. I'm so glad that you're here. I am too. I'm so excited. Many people might recognize you like from church because you're super active here at church, especially like at the exchange coffee house in-house, the in-house coffee house. But then you're also uh, at the exchange downtown De Pere. So maybe just tell us more about you. Yeah. So um, hi, guys. My name's Abby. Um, I am the general manager over at the exchange in De Pere. So love me some coffee, love me some waffles, um, but just super great opportunity there to just connect with our community. And, um, you know, we kind of see it as like modern day, like washing people's feet like mm. Jesus did, you know, yeah, like yeah. with the coffee and waffles is our product. Um, and I've been coming to life church since, uh, 2013. Mm. And prior to that, uh, I grew up, um, Lutheran and just kind of just did the thing, never really fully connected. And yeah. it wasn't until life church and, um, going through some, some big, well, trauma, really. It's some big loss that um, I was like, man, like there is a hole in, in me and I need to like, I need something and searching and searching and searching. And that led me to Life Church. And from there, it just, my life and my legacy has been changed. So um, I live here in De Pere and I serve on the coffee team and I'm married to my husband, Jason. And we have a 15 month old son, um, Micah, who is like, the best thing ever of yeah. all time. And he's impossibly beautiful. Like he's the most beautiful <laughs> little boy like you've ever seen. I mean, I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> well, I'll tell you that he is. Okay. And so when you started coming here to Life Church, were you married at that time? No, no. Oh. Yeah, I was. So you met Jason here? I met, well, actually. Not was... here, but like while you were here? Well, yes, I was here at Life Church. Yeah. And um, I really, it was with me diving into my faith and sharing stuff about Life Church. And one of my friends randomly reached out and was like, hey, you got to meet this guy. He loves Jesus and mm. you love Jesus. And so if I like totally, if, if I hadn't come here and started loving Jesus, Jason and I would have never mm. met. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, me too. So anyway, so Abby, like, I don't know if we said this, like you manage, you run the exchange downtown. You're, just, like, you're not just like a barista or yeah. like a baker or anything. Like it's your, that's your show. That's, that's my jam. So yeah. we're, you know, hiring and bringing new people on and figuring out new drinks and new food specials and social media and layout. And I mean, there's a lot of hands, you know, that, yeah. that make the exchange run, but um, I am uh, one of the, you know, I'm the GM. So I'm the GM. So you're, you're I, I kind of I direct that. And yeah, then yeah. I seek I see guidance and help um, where I need it. But it's a fun challenge and like nothing I've ever 
done before because I was a teacher for seven years prior. Right. And uh, kind of God led me into a totally new direction and I trusted him and I'm like, thank goodness I did. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. All right. But like I said, we're not here to listen uh, to Abby's story. We're here to uh, talk right. about <laughs> to talk about the message. So let's just jump into that. Uh, let's just jump into that first sound clip. Are you positioning yourselves to be in a community of people who imitate the goodness of God? Just like we shouldn't skip small books of the Bible, I don't think we should skip small gatherings either, especially when it comes to maturing your faith. We see this in the early church that community was huge. Yeah, I love where Dow starts off here talking about like we still need to get together. And like I feel like in this age of COVID and everything else, some people like stayed away from church because churches were closed or they, I don't know, stayed away because they didn't want to like put themselves at risk. And I totally get that. This isn't a podcast about whether you should wear a mask or not or whatever. <laughs> but like there was a place though in this in this time in this pandemic where people are like, huh, I wonder if I even need to go to church. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I love that, that that Dallas talks about this because I feel like that part of community, that for me, that's the biggest part of church. Yeah. You know, like I've, I feel like the church part of church, the the ritual part of church, like I, I don't know, I can get that anywhere. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know for what sure. I mean? And so it's like you talked about when you were, how you came up Lutheran and that for you, that was, that was just like, that was the religious part of your faith. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, that was just a thing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that you did or you didn't do. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a life thing. It was just like a Sunday thing. Yeah. No, I I, I think that when it comes to actual community, uh, the devil wants to isolate. He wants to separate. And it's not until we can overcome that and, and come together within our community and, and really build that. That's when relationship and Jesus becomes real you know, I don't think it's until um, we actually dive in that this whole Jesus thing becomes more than just, you know, showing up. Um, yeah. I mean, I think especially with pandemic, like, holy cow, the devil was given a huge opportunity to try to really separate and completely get us away from each other. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think that that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to get that social anxiety about going anywhere. He wants us to like, just stay away. But um, I think that, yeah, Dallas is so spot on and that it's, it's the community piece that makes our faith visible, that makes our faith active and that, you know, sharpens us up. Yeah, for sure. I just, uh, I made a post the other day about on this topic, not knowing that Dallas was going to teach on it, but it was, it was, it said something about, um, yeah, I guess, you could uh, be a Christian and not go to church, but that would be like being a member of a family, but never having a chance to go home. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so like, I don't know, like maybe you don't like going home. I mean, I know that there's people like that, right. That have yeah. like some kind of crappy childhood or they would never go home, mm-hmm. but like they're still missing something. You know, I feel like they would have a piece too, and they should be in journey to wholeness, but the, um, <laughs> plug, plug, right. Yeah. <laughs> But I just feel like that's what church is for me. It's not yeah. because like, I mean, Sean is our primary teacher here and I love Sean. No one, I've never sat under anyone's messages that were better than Sean's. Like he's, he's just fantastic. Right. Yeah. And like our worship band is really, really oh great, gosh. you know, but like, that's not why I come here. Yeah. Like, and I'm not here to be entertained. I'm not here to be, you know, I don't know, to be a spectator. Mm-hmm. I'm here because you're here and I need to see you. And I like, I, and I need to serve people. And I need, like, there's a thousand things I need to do here. And the, the last of them is to be entertained. Absolutely. And so I could see where people would feel like church is church, 
not thinking of it as a community, but that's straight up what it needs to be. And we can name a community all we want. Like I think about there's a liturgical church on the other side of town that's like something, something, you know, faith community or something. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you can say that, but are you, are you doing that? And maybe they are, mm-hmm. I just don't know about it, but like, unless you're not doing that, you know, then your Sunday morning at such and such a time, and then they get in, they get out, then that's not community at all. Yeah. Well, I think and, there's something to be said about, um, when people are like, oh, hey, I didn't see you last week. Yeah. Right. Like, I think when I first started coming, it, it, we were um, a little bit smaller, but people would be like, oh, I didn't see you last week. And I'm like, well, that's because I actually, <laughs> yeah. um, I went on Saturday night and, <laughs> you know, and, but it's like, once people, once you start to just show up, like, I feel like that's just, you know, like, what do they say? Like 90% of life is just showing yeah. up. Yeah. And I feel like that's what it is with, um, with this community is like, you just got to show up. And then when people will start to notice you and you'll start to, to dive in and you'll start to serve and you'll start to you know, do those things. But I think people, um, have to be recognized. They have to feel like they're seen and in order for them to just continue to come yeah. back and to feel part of that community. And so I know for me, when I was first started going, it was people were like, Oh, I didn't see you. And I'm like, uh, uh-huh. and then that starts to become like more often of like, yeah. okay, I need, I got to show up. Like right. it's like accountability. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. People are relying on me. Yeah. Cause when I think about when, when the, when our faith, our Christian faith, and not our denomination or our non-denomination or anything, but when our faith, when the Christian faith exploded in the world, it, it exploded in house churches from house church to house church to house church. And the purpose of those churches was community first. Like it was, you know, they gathered and while they were together, they observed and remembered the Lord's supper or they gathered mm-hmm. together and baptized. Right. But it wasn't like they got together, Lord's supper, baptized and got out. Like they were, these were communities that existed already. Yeah. And so it was families and friends of family and, you know, extended relation. And like, these were the people that got together like actual neighbors. And so, if we think about trying to replicate the first century church, it's about community. It's yes. about, you know, that's everything. You've yes. got to walk along with one another. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I totally dig that. That's really good. When you're community with other believers and that's the mindset to motivate or to encourage one another in love, then you are positioning yourself to be strengthened by others in their Jesus journey. And Jesus' journey is just really taking you from where you are to where Jesus wants you to be. But here's what's great about that. As you're doing that, as you're strengthening other believers, you're actually positioning yourself to be strengthened by others at the same time. Yeah, I feel like I love this thing because this is this is the this is the benefit of walking alongside one another or community alongside one another is that I see what benefits I have to them. And then I can, I, I want to say take advantage of, but I want to, I can leverage the advantages that they have for me. Like you have a different skill set than I have. And so, but together in our, in our faith community, there's things that I can lift that you can't lift. And there's things that you can carry that I can't carry. And so that's like the magic and beauty of a faith community is that I can help make you stronger and you can help me stronger. Yes. And I feel like that's so, so important that you would never get that just trying to do Bible studies on your own at home or watching, you know, YouTube sermons or something. You'd never, ever get that. No. And I feel like Paul and Jesus, they all talked about how you need to have a community of people around you. And like, and this idea that we make each other stronger, I think is just so critical. Just so, um, uh, it's like a, 
It's so critical. Yeah, no, I know. I see, no, I see what you're saying. Well, it's like the whole concept of like, we are one body in Christ and we all have these different like functioning parts yeah. that brings us together and that, you know, helps us to then extend outward and, 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 and grow our communities outward because it's like Scott, like with you, you know, with you being so social and outgoing and loving and kind and vulnerable and real, like, like people need that. Like you draw in people based on, based on that. Mm. And, you know, I bring my own thing, like my, my enthusiasm and my, Hey, you know, whatever yeah. that is. And, and I bring people in that way. And it's like, gosh, yes, we all do bring these, these different parts that helps us to, to grow this community and really to just, just to like get to know people and, and, and for everything to feel more real. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I think about to like Jim with that Jim Rohn quote, uh, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes. And it's like with us just showing up here. Yeah. Like you're like, wow, that person is an amazing father. That person is an amazing, you know, uh, Jesus girl. That person is an amazing daughter. And so it's like, we just are so inspired by just the people around us. And when you get to actually dive in, we learn those things. It's like this amazing, not like comparison. Like it's not about comparison, but it's like, oh man, I'm, I'm encouraged by this. And, and I'm motivated by this. And so yeah. I think that without community, we're not often even exposed to those things in the first place, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, who is the quote that you just said? Jim Rohn. But I feel like Pastor Sean has a quote by a lady that I don't remember her name that's similar. Jim Jim Rohn, like the sports talk guy? He was like a mo- he was like Tony Robbins, oh. uh, inspirational Rohn. leader. Rohn. Yeah. Jim oh, Rohn. Not Rome. No, I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I wish ma- I, it I makes wish I much, much more sense now that you say that. So I, t- I totally. I'm going to have to look him up. Yeah. D- well, I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. In community, you get to hear how people parent, how people date, how people deal with conflict. I mean, you even get to hear how people cook, which is awesome. And I can tell you, I'm a better husband because I'm around good husbands. I'm a better father because I'm around great fathers. I saw things and heard things in community that helped me connect those dots and really helped me be a better man. Yeah, I feel like mm. this is just an advance of your Jim Rohn quote yes. <laughs> of how we are the average of the five people we're closest to. Is that yeah. the, Do I have that quote right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So like when I was a kid, my dad would tell me, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are, which is essentially the yeah. same quote, right? Yep. Like it's just like you are who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of like a, there's a, a girl in our community downtown who's going through this really crappy time. Her boyfriend was being really crappy to her and she just, you know, was really struggling with it and didn't want to give up on him. And it was just like one of those kind of relationships where you're like, oh, honey, like if you could just see what this looks like, because you yeah. just, you're so close to it. But you could see where she would be surrounded with people Maybe that were like in similar situations who would be like, yeah, this is how you deal with that. And you got to keep them around and you got to la, la, la. And Mm -hmm. she's kind of at a place in her faith walk and her journey where we needed to encourage her. Like, hey, start surrounding yourself with people who love you and Mm -hmm. love Jesus, right? And like find people who are good moms and find people who are good daughters yeah, or whatever, right? And and like, if you think that, if you think that someone's a really good blank and you want to be a good blank like that, then spend time with that person. Mm-hmm. And so I say that only because just this morning I was on my way somewhere and she had posted that. Like, and I love wow. that. I love that like she found that place in yeah. her heart, right? Where it meant something to her. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying like, 
please, please don't hear me say you got to get yourself to church because at church you're going to find perfect people. And if you surround yourself yeah. with perfect people, your average will be perfect. I'm not saying that at all. No, but we have to, we have to challenge ourselves and we have to um, not be afraid to, to step up and, and get around those people. Yeah. I think like, I know that um, sometimes it can be hard to just start, take a risk, to try something, try something different. Yeah. But gosh, when we get uncomfortable, like that's when all the goodness starts to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like one of the things you had kind of alluded to this about life church, and one of the things that was attractive to me about this culture is this is this authentic nature of this culture. Like there's no one here, at least that I've ever identified in my years here, who is like that super fake kind of Christian that yeah. seemed like they were better than everybody else. And like, because oh, yeah. those people might come and visit, but they don't last very long because they're wondering why we're not more religious and why there's no crosses <laughs> on the walls. And why don't we you know, observe this thing. And how come we don't have a this? And how come we don't have a yeah. national this? And why don't we... Like, where's what? your purple, where's your purple sashes? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's your Easter lilies? Right. Come on. So like, those people won't last here because this is not, not that those things aren't beautiful symbols of a lot of good stuff, but that's mm-hmm. just not where we're at. Like, we're yeah. like, we got to get this straight in our hearts and our heads first. And we got to, like, Jesus is the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I love about this faith community. So if if, you, if Life Church is your faith community, I hope you appreciate it. If it's not, if you don't have a faith community, make sure you find one where you feel like there's like a Jesus first sort of culture. Because really everything else is just small pebbles that can fill in space. But the big, the big rock I don't know what I'm saying. No, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, well, yeah, no, and, and I think that, you know, it, it it makes me think about the fact, it makes me think about the two, what like Jesus does. I feel like this is kind of like, it's kind of a side topic, but you think yeah. about like, so not only the benefits of our community that you become a better whatever because of, you know, if you're around a good this, then you become a good that. But then like, not only are you being inspired by the people around you, but at the same time, like Jesus is like working on our hearts and yeah. he is, and he's like changing us. And I mean, like, look what he did from taking Simon to Peter and from, um, you know, just Abram to Abraham. And like, he just starts to change us and do these things in us. And so it's like, we're getting like double, a double whammy of like change in like a positive way from community and just from, just from showing up and what Jesus is doing in us. And if you tried to do, if you tried to do a Jesus thing in your own, and then like you were excited about progress that you're making in your faith journey, right? An understanding or a, yeah. a, a, a deeper hope, right? And then you like, you went to your not Jesus friends and you're like, hey, I'm blah, oh. blah, blah. Like, I don't think that they would be able to celebrate that with you, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the depth that you'd want them to. Like, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. Hey, where are we going out tomorrow? <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? right. Like, Let's you know, go celebrate. Right, like, yeah. meet me at the bar. Like, <laughs> did you ever have... Uh, like when you kind of really started to dive into your Jesus journey and you were excited about it, did you face any sort of opposition from people that may have been your community at one time in, in one season, but then you started to yeah. to kind of find yourself like your desires changing. So your 100%. friendships were changed. Yeah. Because I was, I was uh, working at a place um, where I was kind of like, I'm a funny person. Like, I'm not saying that boastfully, no, but, but like, you are. I think of funny things. Yeah. And so, but if you are a funny person, you know that the easiest thing to think of funny things about are either things related to poop or things that are dirty. <laughs> like, those are just the easiest things to be funny about. And so in my workplace, like I was the king, like I was the king of funny and like my funny was filthy funny. Mm-hmm. And so- mm-hmm. Like, and I was known as that. I could yeah. make, I could take anyone. And then, I mean, I could, you know, make anyone laugh. Like, yeah, I could, you know, yeah. and so, but then I, I rediscovered my faith and I was like, I, 
like I can't, I, they won't recognize this person. <laughs> you yes. know, if I, if I come back and I'm like, you know, super holy or something, <laughs> you know, and like, or if I just stopped making those kind of jokes, mm-hmm. then they'd be like, what's wrong with Scott? Like, what's the problem with Scott? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so then I got fired from that job, like unexpectedly. And I still don't know fully the reason why. Mm-hmm. Like I'm anxious to someday go back and ask those people, but I'm too scared to. <laughs> Of why I got fired? Because I was like, um, why am I getting fired? Uh, legally, we can't tell you. I'm like, I think legally you have to tell me. But like, I just- I, I need know. to know for like unemployment reasons. <laughs> yes. Like, so can I file or can I not file? Because- So, yeah, I mean, I still see those people all the time. I just never had the guts to ask. Anyway, yeah. so, but then I started in a new job and I realized I can totally reinvent myself. Like, because my work people- made my friend circle as well. And like, they were just everybody to me. And so like I was, I could totally reinvent myself. And so did God get me fired? I mean, that seems weird. I don't know that God would get me fired. I don't know. But he did leverage that situation to where I could totally reinvent myself. And Mm -hmm. like, and I love that. I think it's fantastic. And Mm so uh, I don't know that if I would have, like maybe, maybe my Jesus decision wouldn't have stuck. Like maybe I would have enjoyed too much. The fact that I was famous for being filthy and I say that filthy, like it yeah, makes it sound yeah. like I was really, really bad. Like it's not like Andrew Dice Clay bad or okay, okay. So, but it was just like it was just like yeah. you know. And poop jokes are—they're still funny though. Right? Yeah, poop jokes are still funny. Yeah, okay. I got—I got yelled at one time at a church. Speaking of the opposite thing, and so I was sitting in church. It was again a Sunday night. It was after church. I was there with my wife, and then the pastor's wife, and the pastor's wife's son. And the son got up really quick. And he's like, oh my gosh, I got to go. And so he ran out of the thing. He was like, I bet he totally had a poop. And then the pastor's wife looks at me and she says, you can't say poop in the sanctuary. <laughs> I'm like, I think uh, Jesus pooped. Like, I, I mean, Jesus totally pooped. He had to poop. Well, he's human. Right. So fully human. Right. So. Anyway, okay, we're getting we're getting off on it. See, you're the one who started talking about poop, though. I, I, did I? I don't you know. You totally did. But I still think uh, it's funny. It is funny. I love poop. There's nothing better than asking a group of believers that care about you to pray for you. I mean, watch out, it's gonna get good. But I also love that it says to confess your sins to each other, that there's healing in that also. Because number one, you're gonna find out that you're not alone, that what you're struggling with, other people are struggling with. And number two, you're gonna find that there will be people who will want to help you get freedom from this. I love this because when I did this, Just confessing to others was so freeing, but having that accountability was even better. Again, the best you is good for the kingdom. Mm. That finish is really good. I mean, the whole thing is really good, but I love the best you is good for the kingdom. Like, I I love that. Yeah. Um, But this idea that, um, of people praying with you, I feel like for a lot of people, that would be really weird. I feel like maybe you growing up in a Lutheran community or a Catholic community, like praying with other people, like that, I don't, I, I, that was never a thing as a Catholic. No, you just say the written prayers. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So this idea of like, like standing with someone or putting your arm on someone or like putting your hand on someone and like praying with them, like with your own words, like that never, ever happened. Oh, that would be super weird if you did. It was, yeah. for sure. And yeah. it, it's not until you start to... Gosh, again, surround yourself. For me, it wasn't until I started to surround myself in in diving into serving here at Life Church, and I would I would like listen to other people pray for a solid year and a half. I just listened to other people pray because it was for sure a big transition from okay, these are the prayers we say to just praying, like just praying like a person, just saying your words. For sure, it can be intimidating, but it's really it's it's just talking to God. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I feel like sometimes I like am purposefully like not prayerful when I'm praying. Like I purposely just like say random things, 
And I don't think, A, I think God might think that's funny. I feel like he gets like a laugh out of that. Like he's like, shh, you guys, Scott's praying. Hang on. Like, I feel like I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> yeah. I think he is. <laughs> but like, I, I just, like, I just want to be real with it. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to try to like, because I don't want my inability to come up with the right words to stop my prayer from coming out. So yeah. I'd rather just talk the way that I talk. And if people around me don't like it, that's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not praying for you. I'm praying for me. But even when I'm praying for somebody, like, I still want them to feel connected because I've, I, I'm not sure, is five people praying for you because you're sick? Does that get God's attention more than two people praying for you? I don't know the math. Like, I don't know if it's like a vote. Where it's like, oh my gosh, look at all these people praying for that one person. I, we've got to listen now. Like, and it, it's hard to believe that that would change God's mind. Like, if we just, if they just could get one more person to pray with them, then I'm going to give <laughs> them that. I would that. really hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know that that's how that works. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Think, I'm not, I don't think so. But yeah. it, I mean, it does say when two or more are gathered, yep. right? I'm there. You know, he's And that's he's what right I need. There. Like, I want him to be there. And yeah. so like when I pray with someone, I want them to like hear me praying on their behalf to God, but I also want them to be encouraged by what I'm praying for. Like so that, so that if I'm able to pray for them in words that they don't have or mm-hmm. in, in if, you know, like they're, they're tired of praying on their own, I feel like that encouragement, like I feel like that's half of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to just to pray on their behalf. Like anytime someone says something good about, like you said something nice about me at the yeah, start you, of this. Yeah, I, I was like, get it, Scott? Like the right. Holy Spirit, you like totally followed that leading and right. it, was, it was great. Right. So that kind of encouragement means a lot to me. And so like, that's how I feel. Like that's my role as a prayer with her, as a person that prays One with people. One of those people. examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's my, that should be my objective. Mm-hmm. You know, like cer- certainly to be, humble before God and then, you know, reverent before God, but then like to make sure that the person knows that I'm with them and that mm-hmm. I understand what they're going through or that I stand with them. And I, I just feel like that's such a big part of a faith community, praying for and with one another. Well, and I think sometimes too, again, it's like, you know, part of asking for prayer is being vulnerable and saying, Hey, I have, I have this that I'm struggling with, or I have this that's not good. And I think sometimes we can not share because be out of fear, out of fear of judgment, out of fear of, you know, whatever. But like, I feel like, again, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do for us is like to keep us in the dark, yeah. to keep us in the shadows, to keep us like struggling constantly when, you know, again, just with, with us just shining a light on like, Hey, I have, this is what's going on or yeah. Hey, I need help. I mean, I think it can be tough. And I think, again, it all goes back to like relationship and having the opportunity to, uh, to feel like you can be open without judgment. And like, that's, what's so great about, you know, finding your pocket and finding people that you can be real with. Um, and I think that again, it's, it takes time for a lot of people, some, some more time than others. Like for me, it takes a long time for me to feel like I can, I gotta like kind of I got to kind of see everyone kind of like feel the, the atmosphere. And before I feel like I can like really just I think it's, there's one, you gotta, you gotta guard yourself to some extent, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, but Satan for sure wants to like keep us just struggling yep. and and it's not until we um, can really shine a light on it that we can, you know, find healing like right. pastor says. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, at uh, church on, at live church on Sundays before COVID, we used to have a prayer time and there would be prayer partners, prayer friends. Yeah. They would like line the back wall and the side wall. And if you had something going on in your life, you could go and, you know, tell them, hey, this was going on. Will you pray with me? And so mm-hmm. they would, you know, I don't know, hold your hand or touch your shoulder or just stand next to you and pray with you. And I love all that. But mm-hmm. then with COVID, like you couldn't really do that because oh, yeah. like you'd breathe on everybody. <laughs> and so then we just started doing prayer in our seats. And then you could text in your prayer, which is still, I mean, that's still prayer. 
But I remember a few weeks ago, I was calling people to prayer and it occurred to me like, hey, what if you just leaned to the person that you came with and you said, I'm struggling with this. Would you pray with me right now? Mm -hmm. Like who in the room should have more authority or more empathy for you than the person that you came with? You know, mm -hmm. whether that's your parent or your kid or your wife or your husband or your best friend or whatever, like chances are you came with someone that you care about. Yeah. And so like, why would they not be like the first person to stand alongside you and pray? But to your point, like that's the, that's like the devil's wanting thing to do with that. So he puts this thing in us where we're like, we are prideful and I don't want to have to admit this in front of the person. Yeah. Like I'm really worried about this like bump on my side or something. You know, yeah, these, whatever it is. You know, whatever you know, it is. Yeah, whatever it is. Like you, you don't want to admit to it. You don't want to like cop to it like because you're mm -hmm. just too proud to. But yeah. the person that you came to church with, like they should be the like the first person that knows and like a person that's endlessly praying for you. And so like I, I feel like we really need to, like you had pointed it out, like we really need to be vulnerable mm -hmm. in that because I feel like that's another part of prayer that us being vulnerable to ask for help both to God and to the person that we're praying with. Like I feel like there's value in that, you know? And so I feel like that's part of the, breaking down barriers, spiritual barriers yes. that could that could allow room for prayer and the Holy Spirit and God to work. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think we trauma can lead us to think that we're alone. Yeah. You know, or and and again the enemy will lead us to think that we're alone, we're not we're not enough, we're not worthy of at, even asking or like it, it's, it's he just like puts up so much fear in us, but when we can just be real. And I think that's why when we, I look forward to the day when we can go back and like physically go up to somebody and pray, because, yeah. um, I think just stepping out that first step of stepping out of your seat to go and pray. I think every time that I've ever gone up to pray, I've like just cried. And I yeah. think part of it's just like, it. it's this, this like admitting of like, I need help. Yeah. And I think it's just so powerful. It's and maybe that's why they say when two or more are gathered, because it's this, it's like this, you're stepping out. You're letting another person yes. in. I wonder if that has, yeah. maybe. That's brilliant. Am I, am I a th no, theologian? I think you're a theologian. Oh, man. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> you should ask for a raise. <laughs> you'll find that when you're serving with others, that you'll want to connect with that person. I mean, you have something in common. You're ministering together. And you want to connect with maybe their family. And before you know it, that person could go from being a stranger to a friend to a brother and sister because you positioned yourself for that community. When I think of serving, one of the first places I always imagine in my head is serving in the coffee area, right? Because I feel like, I don't know, you guys are like the first ones there and like there's a thousand of you and like coffee's <laughs> a big deal here, you know? But like when I think about all the people that I know that work back there, and it just so happens, I guess, in my head that they're all women. We're a girl, we're, we are a female team. Yeah, yeah. No, sisterhood. Yeah, a sisterhood. Yeah. The traveling coffee cups. Right. right. There's probably a better way to say I, that. It's, yeah, it was bad over there. The traveling lattes, the traveling... It's not important. Yeah, it's fine. We don't have to solve that right no. now. Mm -mm. Anyway, but like when I think about all those women, like I think about how alike they are, right? They're all super charismatic. They're all super fun. They're all super playful. They're all super... You know what I mean? And so when Dallas is talking here about a place to find communities on a serve team, well, if, like he said, if you have a passion for something... The other people on the team have that same passion. If they have that passion, they probably have passions that are like your other passions. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they're like robots and they're all the same or like the Stepford wives or anything. But like, I feel like, 
that's a great place to find friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, and people will come to church all the time, especially bigger churches like ours. And they'll say, yeah, I was just a number there. No one even cared about me. I couldn't connect <laughs> with anybody. Right. Well, they came, right. I don't know why I talked like that. Cause they're not like Valley girls. I do that all the time. Like that's my, my go-to <laughs> mimic anyway. But like people say that all the time. Like I walk in, I sit down, I walk out. Like I'm just a number. Well, that's because you just walked in, you sat down and you walked out. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, right. there'd be like, I don't know, like a party for you or, you know, and that's the thing about church. We got to stop expecting church to serve us and to, and to stop being consumers of church and start being producers of church. Mm-hmm. And like this idea of like going in and being entertained or served and then walking out and then expecting or being disappointed by the lack of community well, mm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the, I mean, the church get, has all the opportunity to do that. You just have to take the step and do that. It's not going to come yeah. to you. No, I, I, you're, oh gosh, Scott, you're, you're totally right. And I think that, that step, just like admitting you need prayer, admitting or, or taking that step to, to, to put the church first and yeah. to serve the church, like that is, again, that's scary, but that is when like growth happens because yeah. you get it's, around like-minded people Hang on, mm. I'm stopping you oh, yeah, because you stop. just said this thing about how maybe God's there when two people are together because it, it, you break down your humility. You have to step outside yourself to make that happen. And maybe the same thing is true when you serve in your church, right? Oh. Like maybe maybe when you step out of yourself or out of your comfort zone, right, mm-hmm. to like serve, that opens up some space in you where mm-hmm. you can grow, where there is mm-hmm. growth, where there is community that you wouldn't otherwise have found that. Mm-hmm. And so like I feel like stepping outside of yourself or, or setting yourself aside. I mean, this is a theme in, you know, in the gospel, right? Like yeah. it's like a theme where like, Hey, lay down your life. Yes. Not like go ahead and die for everybody, but lay down to like lay aside your life, lay aside yeah. the things that you think are important or your pursuits and follow me and see mm-hmm. what that looks like. And that's, that's what this is about too. So I wonder if like a more fulfilling spiritual life doesn't exist in this space where you step outside yourself and serve others, not come expecting to be served, but to serve because that mm. for sure is in the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Like he's like, this is like the first shall be last. The last shall be first. The servers will be the leaders. The leaders will be servers. Like, I don't know something, but like. Love, love and go. Love, love and go for sure. Yeah. You know? And so mm-hmm. like, that's the model. The model is not crystal cathedrals and, and like, it's just not any of that. No. Like, and I'm sad that we made it that way. I'm sad that as like, the Western church made it that way. We made it to this like a glorious palace to go and attend church to be seen, but mm-hmm. like never ever to serve or never ever to, you know. And or I, only serve if you're in this like elite, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is like the exact opposite of right. like what Jesus did. Yeah, Like exactly sure. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was all about the opposites. He was always opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I feel like I'm okay because I'm kind of like off. You know what I mean, like I'm kind of the opposite of a lot of people. So I feel like maybe <laughs> I, don't, the, uh, I don't think you're. I don't think you're opposite or off. I no? think you are just <laughs> fully you. Yeah, you that's know? true. And that's exactly what God wants you to be. Yeah, that's true. I'm perfect. Uh, I'm the perfect me. You are the perfect you. Hey, you were really good at this. Thanks, Scott. You like, should come back and do this again. I would love to. This yeah? is fun. Yeah, you were really good. Thanks. Yeah, you have a great voice. Thank you. Yeah, not like a face for radio kind of voice. I'm just saying you have like. No, a really I good... would. I would love uh, to. Uh, you know, be a voiceover. Oh, yeah. lady someday. Yeah, you, you can know? totally do that. Yeah. Yeah, because you have good diction. Thanks. I, yeah. I read aloud with my son a lot. Do you? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. What's mm-hmm. your favorite book to read to him right now? I Love You to the Moon and Back is his favorite. Oh, which a- I feel like is kind of stereotypical, but he loves it. So mm-hmm. I just- That's all that matters. It's like, I just go with it. There was a book about like a bunch of animals on a boat 
And then they would at some point go upstairs to exercise. Like the moon came out and something, something. No, go upstairs I, to we have the book. Exercise. We, we have that book. Okay, <laughs> let me just, this is very much not what we're here to talk about. No? But, but no, it's a very strange book. They exercise at nighttime yeah. and then go to bed. Yeah. And Jason, my husband is like, what even is this? He goes, who exercises <laughs> at night before they go to bed? But anyhow. That was one of my favorite books to read. Yeah. So that's the one line I remember. Yeah. Maybe sometime you could like, Send me a voicemail and just read me that book. That'd be really great. <laughs> In your perfectly diction voice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, listen, that's the end of our show. I'm glad that you guys were here today. I'm glad that you could join us for this podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review it on any one of your favorite podcast channels or subscribe to it because the more people that rate, review, and subscribe, the more people it gets shown to, and we'd love that. We'd also love it if you would share it with any of your friends on social media. If you feel like someone could benefit from these words about community and church and how it doesn't look, have to look like the way that we think it has to look, we would love that. Anyway, my name is Scott Eastman. That was my friend, Abby Heinrichs. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you next time.